Hey, this is Candia Raquel, and you are at the Sensual Sessions podcast, the place to explore sensing pleasure through your senses and expressing yourself in a way that is completely free from inhibition. So there's a free guide to awaken sensuality. If you haven't get that already, please go to www.centrodepoder.com in Spanish, like center of power, and make it yours. And today we have a very special guest. This is Catherine Lamb. She's an expert on imposter syndrome. And I am very curious to ask her about how this imposter syndrome gets in the way of sensual pleasure, not only on what we mean, like with high heels and on a date, but but from the pleasure of simply being yourself at any given moment in your life, being at a conference or in a meeting at the supermarket or whatever. So welcome, Catherine. I am very happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Kanda. I'm really pleased to be here. And thank you very much for inviting me. So my first question is, have you ever suffered from imposter syndrome? Oh, well, actually, I can say straight away, yes, I have. <laughs> and I do. <laughs> and that's how I became interested in it, really. So I have had it for a long time without knowing what it was. Um, but I discovered it really when I was a recruitment consultant. I used to find I worked the advertising industry and I found people really sometimes fantastic jobs in advertising. And I noticed that with a, not all of them, but some of them, they would have this terrific new job and then feel very frightened and anxious and think, am I good enough? Can I do it? I fear being found out. And so that prompted me to look into, so what is this feeling? What is this phenomenon? And so I went away and trained as a coach and then just started to study it more. And so now my work is working with people who want to do a career change or they're going through a career transition and they experience this this feeling of a fear of being found out or thought of fraud that we all call imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. So th there's a cliche motto out there on Instagram and everywhere that says, fake it until you make it. But I think the imposter syndrome is like the other way around. Like you, you already make it, but you feel that you're faking it. <laughs> I think that's a very good point, actually. It, it is to do with authenticity. I think that... Because my focus is around people doing the career change, it's about a change in identity. And wow. so it's therefore this fact of, you know, we might have gone from being in a junior job to now going to a more senior job. And so we we think, you know, can I do it? Am I good enough? Am I worthy enough about it? And so there comes about, because we fear failure, there's a conflict between who we are and who we feel we need to pretend to be in order to get success. And it's this pretending that makes us feel like a fraud. And yet we feel we have to pretend to be better than we are in order to avoid the failure. And that is that is what that is the the issue that my clients experience really. Yeah. I feel it's it's very paradoxical, like not not feeling enough and feeling that you have to pretend to be more or more proficient or whatever. But the paradox is that you have already been evaluated, recruited, chosen, like you're already on the payroll. So the ones that 
that are supposedly gonna judge you already judge you and they judge you positively and that's why you're there so like the the problem is inside is this self-identity shift and there was there was an eclipse like 72 hours 72 hours ago and i get now the sense of of being on the risk of falling into imposter syndrome when when we are going through an eclipse in our lives in an eclipse of identity because yes we are not the juniors that we were where we were very comfortable and proficient and we are on a senior position now or in another career but we don't have the experience but we have what it takes so it i i get a, a sense that imposter syndrome is one of of the risks that come in the process of becoming so how how can we navigate this identity transition in a better way that's a really nice way of putting it actually it is about that transition of becoming becoming something new and at the heart, the question I work on with my clients is, how do I want to be in my new job? What kind of person do I want to be? And that's a very simple question, but it's very hard to answer. Um, because as you've said, other people have already decided we're good enough to do this new job. Um, and I think that what we haven't looked at is the fact that in a lot of ways, imposter syndrome, it is irrational. Um, and that's because at its heart is this feeling of unworthiness, of not good enough, of shame, if you like. And shame is a horrible, horrible feeling. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, we put all this complexity of behaviors around it in order to avoid that feeling. So we go to a lot of lengths. We do a lot of things to avoid that feeling of shame. And that is why we want to pretend to be more successful than we are because um, we feel that this aiming for success and getting success will keep us away from the fear and experiencing the shame. So once we look at, um, you know, how do I want to be in my new role? What do I want other people to say about me? We become much more authentic and start to think about, ah, oh, this is how I can be me and be comfortable rather than this is how I need to pretend in order to be successful. And I think that it is also accepting the fact that we are a learner because I think when you have imposter syndrome, because we set this standard for ourselves, it's impossibly high. Um, we're very self-critical. And so therefore we feel we have to be an expert at everything. Perfectionism comes in. And so therefore that stops us from experiencing life as a learner but once we get away from this feeling of success this aiming for success and fearing failure and accept learning we can accept the fact that there will be mistake making um, it's much more self-compassionate it's much more mindful and so that is much more helpful to us yes being uh, in a way not not giving away these beginner's mind and understanding that even though you're you're an expert. Each moment that unfolds, it's a complete different moment. And it comes with unforeseen challenges. So you 
you have like your background, let's say you are a boxer, Mike Tyson or whatever, but there's a hum humbleness even in, in top players, in Messi, in, in Ronaldo, because even though they've scored thousands of goals and made epic feats, they know like <laughs> there's only one step from the limo to the gutter, which is very tough, no? Like knowing that even though you can be top, at every moment things change. And this this is frightening because it it leads to to getting in touch with the radical fact that there's no ultimate security in life because everything changes. But then you can be rooted in the confidence of your skills and confident in in this compassionate and humble disposition to learn to adapt and knowing that if if you're responsible like you're gonna face whatever challenge and i believe that's an ultimate skill precisely for for a high executive or or that's that's a yeah a very powerful thing like to have this this attitude of being a learner because it makes things much more easy and it makes breathing room for for accepting that you are not perfect but that you're gonna face the things that show up and this leads me to to a peculiar kind of imposter syndrome that maybe more women suffer that is feeling that you're not good enough or i am not beautiful enough or i am not worthy enough especially when one is dating or going through changes in a in a relationship so we tend to put the focus on ourselves and lose all sides of of the context of the situation around us and and the person uh, that is in front of us even though the guy already swipe right and like the guy is into you like there's this paranoia of no i i need to be more when normally guys i mean i don't want to be super gender biased but on my experience guys are like yes is yes and no is no it's it's not that yes can be maybe and no can be so <laughs> yeah have you have you seen something about this like how imposter syndrome can get in the way of of this confidence when it comes to to personal relations I think that, I mean, that's not my area of expertise because I do more of the career transition, but I think that what you're saying is absolutely true. And I think it's because the behaviors, if you like, that come out of imposter syndrome. So, for example, if you're experiencing it through a career transition, I don't think it's the case you only experience it in that sphere. Probably you have a tendency towards it in other areas as well. So I think probably around your appearance, around relationships, because in all of those, so for example, as a partner, a wife, a girlfriend, or spouse, you know, whatever, um, you're thinking about, 
am I good enough? Am I enough? And that's because you're used to maybe in the workplace practicing the behaviors around being an expert perfectionism. So I don't think it's the case we box those behaviors and they turn off in other areas of our life. I think they go across that. And culturally, certainly in the past, I think that women, it has been about much more about appearance, um, about being a caregiver. I think that also for women who put their needs first or thought about their needs, that was considered to be quite selfish. So I think for women, it's quite difficult to get an understanding of the balance um, around that because that is the conditioning that that we have. So, for example, we feel that um, it's not very feminine, for example, to feel or um, experience or show anger. Right. So it can come out a lot of other different ways um, because that is part of, you know, how we've traditionally been brought up. So I think it is that is almost like folded into this feeling about because imposter syndrome, if you like, it's that conf- it, there's a pretense around what we feel we need to show the world in order to be accepted by the world, in order to be um, successful in the world. That also means there's an inauthenticity there. So for example, we might feel, I think particularly um, if, you, if you're thinking about models and so on, whereby their career is built on beauty, a beautiful face. Well, we all know that looks fade. So it's, it's, it's difficult if that is where your value comes from. So it is, you know, you can see why that it, it, there is a feeling of imposter syndrome and that fear around it. Yes, yes. Because we tend to attach to, to certain projections. And in regards to that, I want to ask you how to deal with with our weaknesses, because now, now I'm re- recapitulating on the times that I felt an imposter. And then I, w- I know that I have my strengths, but I know there are things that I am terrible at, like or project management. Like I always want to do everything in one day. And, <laughs> and I know it's not possible. And I, always get frustrated and whilst I still suffer from that like I say like Monday is the day for this activity Tuesday is for that this quarter I am on this project but on my mind I forcefully want to do everything in one day (laughs) and move to the next thing so that to say I am bad at project management and instead of focusing on the on my strengths, on on building and and putting my strengths in the table for for the common goal or and the benefit of the team and everything, I want to um, solve my weaknesses, like my my weak spots. And when I'm feeling confident, like I don't care that I am bad for thousands of things, and I ask for help. But when I am in this imposter mode. I want to fix, yeah, the weakness or what's not going well with me. And in the case of of dating and femininity, like suddenly I want to lose 20 pounds and I want to be like, to have like super Madonna arms and things that 
like why so i want to ask you like how how to deal with with this specific um i don't know angst in regards to to our flaws weakness that ends in bypassing the focus in our strengths yes so so it's almost like how to focus on our strengths rather than focusing on our weaknesses yes. really yes i think that um a lot of what i do with my clients actually is raising their awareness around how they think in the moment and how they feel and so a very simple task i would give them is um so for example when they're starting when they can feel themselves starting to fall into this negativity and self-criticism yes. it is just to you know make a note actually to write down what your strengths are because it's easy for us to go through a mental note but actually we're quite lazy um so we might come up with two or three but i think if you actually write down several of them okay. and then although it's not useful for that particular moment to, but to ask friends and family what do they see our strengths as being okay. um and that's what i do with a lot of my clients when they're looking to change career because um a lot of us don't know what we're good at we think we do um but i actually think what i would call like our super strengths we're so used to them um that we actually just don't see them at all so you know it's a complete blind spot so i think it is very easy then in that situation to just focus on um areas that we're feeling um weakness in but i think a good question though to ask is when we notice that we're feeling like that what can we apply from a good day that will help us through this negative day so for example you know as you've said it's not all the time that you feel like that just some days you know we all have some days that are bad so if we think back to the good day what is it about the good day what was that feeling like that we could then apply to our situation now to just help give us a bit of a lift okay okay self awareness yes yeah and i like a lot what you said that we think that we know our strengths but they are such super strengths that we already run them as a second nature so like we are so top master like bruce lee would just blow a punch without thinking that is piece of cake for them so so we don't we don't see value and and it comes also not seeing value to in in our own like gifts and our beauty and and the great things in us and then we focus only on what's not working which yes. need to 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 becoming more aware on how we come across on on the best of us that comes across by asking trusted people around us Yes, because I think that I mean there, there is certainly something about our super strengths whereby usually if somebody says to us oh I think your strengths are this our greatest strengths are the ones that we are amazed that well isn't the whole world like that because for us it is so easy and I think that those strengths that you're told about where you you think well the rest of mankind must also have that because to me it's I did it didn't even occur to me those i think are your super strengths and and it's worth thinking about how they enrich your life so for example um i i work with another coach so i coach her and she coaches me and she said to me it must be about six months ago 
when I was just saying to her, you know, I get really caught up in all of my my rulemaking around my marketing. Yeah, and I can't move for it. I have so many rules about how I need to do it. I can't move for it. And she said to me, well, the thing is, you're you're very, very creative with your marketing. Well, I'd never heard that before. It was news to me. But actually, I really embraced it. And it made a huge difference to me. And then to think about, OK, so now that she said that, how do I want to bring that out into my life more? And I think that's the very nice thing about your strength. So rather than focusing on, I wish, you know, I'm lacking in these areas. It is, well, actually, you might be lacking in those areas and you may not even want to work on them. So therefore, if you look at your strengths, how can that be more in your life? How can that enhance, enrich your life even more? Yes. This is great that you, you wanted to put more more rules and, and more refinements in your marketing, which was already fantastic. So then it makes a radical shift between trying to improve something that can be better, but everything can always be better. And sometimes it, it becomes better just by letting it. Like Picasso said, like, a great work of art is never done. It's just left alone. And for me, that was like, like a relief. And then you can, you can understand that as part of your gift giving into this life. So, okay, I'm going to keep on detailing, improving this on the go, but not because it's deficient or it lacks something. And this is super challenging, Catherine, because <laughs> we are in such a culture of pushing, striving, trying, correcting, and the feeling that nothing is ever good enough. When in actuality, we are so good at so many stuff that we are not even aware of that. Like we've become that skill, we've become that knowledge to the point that we are getting hired and getting, getting paid for that. So it's very challenging to deal with this, like despising of our gifts and strengths and evaluating ourselves and our sense of self-worth that should not even be questioned even if we were bad for everything but we, we question our self-worth by measuring ourselves with our weaknesses or the things that we just haven't learned yet because we are on the process and i like a lot what you say about the super strengths because of their naturalness because of this um, embodied proficiency that I believe it's at the core of pleasure because pleasure is easy. Pleasure is effortless. It's like a breath of fresh air. It's, it's our nature. So like we are also sold in the idea of having to work super hard to make money to then finally buy something to get pleasure <laughs> when the truth is that that if, if it's too hard then like that's that's not pleasure pleasure it's in in the unfolding of of the process and it doesn't mean that i feel that it's not challenging or there's not no effort into it but there's a naturalness in it and i i'm getting a sense that imposter syndrome 
has to do a lot with with this disconnection of the sensitivity in the process in, in the joy of of doing things that come naturally to us so so yeah like once the person realized like okay i'm feeling like a fraud and now i want to grow all this stuff that is not needed and that is only distracting and i am afraid of people thinking all this stuff but i am aware of how how do i want to be in this situation how is the the process of going from the imposter syndrome to authenticity like what do you see in your clients what is the before and after are they pulling your ha the hairs N not your hairs their hairs <laughs> and then there's almost like a eureka moment actually okay because i think that um it's interesting what you've been saying actually about with imposter syndrome we think about how should i be but also we do a lot of comparisons with other people that are unfavorable comparisons so for example you know if we start playing tennis we feel immediately you know we should be like roger federer we just set the bar impossibly high and i think there's something about um journaling is a very nice thing to do um to actually keep a journal of how we're feeling what we're doing um, and how we're moving forward particularly starting off a new job i always invite clients to do that they do it anyway about who they meet in the new business and what their roles are and how they're going to work with them but as you read through the journal you then start to compare yourself with how you were rather than with how you should be okay. so already you can see the journey that you've come on with your learning and you stop comparing yourself with other people so much as well. So you're looking more at the gain, if you like, rather than the gap. So that's a very nice thing to do. But I find that with my clients, I'm working with them when they're starting off and it is getting them to think about, so what do I want people to say about me when I'm not in the room? How do I want to be in this new role? How will I know that I'm being like that? How will I know that I'm competent? Um, but this fear of failure, a lot of the time, it is doing some very basic stuff. So it's actually, with a lot of my clients, it's actually saying to them, what do you need to know in order for you to feel competent in your new job? And usually they come up with um, two pages of questions that they want answered. And it's usually to do with, how do you do this? How do you do that? And they feel that they can't ask them because people might say you should know that but once they get past that and start to build up the knowledge that they're lacking that then gives them confidence about going ahead so some of it is um, a knowledge gap if you like that can easily be fixed rather than this personal inner confidence that they lack so that that is um, what I find and that is how they kind of go about building it up and then looking at their awareness and then looking at I also get them to keep a record of things that they've done really well so to really focus on so for example if they don't like speaking in a meeting um, and they hold back because they feel that you know they haven't got anything valuable to say all they need to do is just do a little a little one on a piece of paper every time they speak at a meeting but the interesting thing is by making people aware they start to change their behavior with the awareness, even though I haven't asked them to do that as yet. I normally say that can come later, but they, the awareness starts to change because they start to see, 
oh, maybe I don't like to be like that now that I can see that or I see that other people speak in a meeting, but they haven't got anything amazing to say either. So the bar is a bit lower than in the meeting than I thought it was. So, so clients will then come back to, you know, usually about the third coaching session, they'll come back and it's not so much talking about imposter syndrome anymore. They might be fixing some small things, but that big thing, they've started to find ways to manage it. So it's not the case it goes forever, but it is the case you can start to manage it, make it smaller. And a lot of a lot of them, it might be, for example, preparing more thoroughly for a meeting, thinking about the different scenarios that can come up that they're going to feel um, anxious about. And so therefore, they feel they've got much more control over it. So it's small techniques like that that can make a big difference to them. Okay. Okay. Preparation and understanding of the journey. How was I? Yes. And the transition that I am making, how am I now? And what you say, being available for learning. Yes. And I think also as well that, so for example, some techniques I use with clients is as well to, um, when they start a new role, to say to um, senior management, you know, do you have any advice for me in this new role? So it's a way of getting feedback without asking for feedback that feels negative, you know, so have advice giving and so on. So all of that feels quite um, confidence building, really. Confidence building. Yes. Yeah. Because you're trying to get people to move away from, because the the ex freely expressing expressing pleasure, mm -hmm. I think, is to move away from this idea of perfectionism, which is all about process, all about rules. So therefore, you can be more in the moment because we all know in life in general, and certainly when you're working in business, there's always going to be the unexpected and the unpredictable. And so therefore, it is that ability to think on our feet, as we say. Yes. And I think, therefore, by by feeling that we can get away from the rules, we can there be there for far more in the moment. Yeah, more, more adaptable, more more spontaneous, more more creative, creative, and more in the front foot. Yes, because, because having everything planned and controlled gives a certain comfort because it does control and it does put a lot of certainty. And I think it's important to have all this preparation, but that is in a certain way, like being in the comfort of being on the back foot. So when you have these two things of being ready, being, uh, having a plan, having prospected the, the possi 25 possible outcomes, something different, it's going to come up, but, you are ready for it. And I have another question that has to do with self-sabotage. And I am curious to know if if that is connected with imposter syndrome. Say, for example, there are times I I set myself on to accomplish a goal, and the idea of accomplishing a goal makes made me super hard and stiff to the point that when I accomplish it, I want to dismantle it and throw it away, say being losing weight or or getting to post 90 days in a row an Instagram content or whatever. Once I accomplish the goal, it's like 
now I don't want to know anything about it. And it happened to me very often when I was trying to quit smoking. I smoked two packs of Marlboro every day, a lot, since I was 14 until my 26, something like that. It like too much. And every time like I, I set myself the goal of quitting, of course, this is an addiction and it's different, but uh, it didn't work. And what worked was to just um, not think about it. And I quit smoking like that, almost miraculously. But the thing is that I haven't been able to apply that into the other <laughs> goals that I want to accomplish. So. Yeah, for example, losing weight or getting in shape. A lot of people like me have gotten into our ideal body shape, weight, etc. And I feel the problem is this this identity uh, conflict of not feeling by myself like myself, even though I am much better, more healthy, with more energy. I am used to be the conflicted one or I don't know I I don't know if I get the point but yeah is this um self-sabotage connected with imposter syndrome I think that that's a good question actually because in fact I thought you were going to go in a different direction with self-sabotage actually I thought you were going to talk about the fact that um we self my experience of self-sabotage particularly um with my clients, as I say, changing career is around not doing something well. And that's because they can then say, and it's to do with this fear of failure. So as I said, they set the bar so high, they want success. And the opposite of that is failure, which they really, really fear. So if you self-sabotage by, so for example, you have exams and you don't study for your exams. You know, you feel you should, you want to, you want to do well, but you don't. Well, therefore, when the exam result comes through and it's not very good, you can say to yourself, ah, but that's because I didn't study hard. If I had, maybe I would have done better. So therefore, you've avoided that failure by self-sabotaging. So I think there's something around that that goes on around imposter syndrome. So, you know, there's this procrastination as well, which is I won't start it um, because if I don't start it, partly there's... um, there's the thing of pleasure around that, which is, you know, if I don't start it, I can kind of skip off and do something I'd enjoy far more. But also if I don't start it, I don't need to worry about failing at it either. So I think that is that is where a self-sabotage can come in with imposter syndrome. Yeah. So so it's like I failed because of my fault. That means that I wouldn't failed if I would have done what was necessary. Well, in reality is that you can do everything that is needed and most likely succeed, but as in everything in life, you may be 99% sure you can succeed, but there's always 1% of risk of, of failure. So that really throws everything away. And that leads me to to the concept of, of ego as, as the self-identity that that is very fragile in a way and and most of us think of ego as, I don't know, Elvis Presley or Messi. <laughs> but I feel that the most common ego is the ego of doormat. Like, 
the identity we we may have a projection of yes i am wonder woman but in the background the the real ego like the the real thing that is moving at everything is this idea of not being good enough to the point that we procrastinate and self-sabotage so to feel in control of the failure by becoming our own <laughs> self-fulfilling prophecy so how to deal with that how how i i want to ask you like in a way of wrapping this great conversation how can we be more available for the best in life that ha life has for us and more available to come forth with our best forward like yeah i lack in many areas but there are a lot of things that i am really good at this is why people is hiring me and in exchange i'm gonna get good money recognition i'm gonna get my voice out there maybe make a difference in the world ho hopefully so and when that happens yes there's a lot of work behind but there's a, a work that has a quality of for naturalness and efficiency and an ongoing process and unfolding it's not this forcing faking pretending masking it's like more refined and has the quality of pleasure so <laughs> yeah how can we like yeah be be more open to to give the best of us and receive the best of us and have a good time That's while doing it. A good question. In fact, while you're talking, it reminded me there's a book by Timothy Galway called The Inner Game of Tennis. And he was a tennis coach. And he noticed that he was, well, he was trying to get his players up to a really good standard. And what he realized was that they were so fixed on being good, they were so, they had this inner critic voice, you know telling them off all the time, criticizing them all the time. And so he thought, well, how can I put you into the moment and get rid of this voice over the shoulder, if you like? And so what he would do is he would say to them, right, okay, when the tennis ball is in the air, I want you to count how many times it rotates. You don't have to hit it, but just count how many times it rotates. And so what he did was he taught them ways of noticing things in the moment. And that then got rid of this critical voice saying, you've got to hit the ball, you've got to go to the net, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Um, and, and that is a lot of the work that I do with my clients about this noticing when I say to them, right, keep a piece of paper in your pocket, um, you know, just count up the number of times in one day that you've said something that you're pleased with, or you've done something whereby you were in a state of flow and you really enjoyed it. Um, and it's just counting up this tally of success. And it is a bit like that, just to help you. I mean, it's, it's a process. It's not something that is a quick fix or you're going to do it in one day and then you've conquered it. But it is a technique that you can start to apply in your life to have that positive to come out of it and to just think about that. And that was a very nice thing that he did with his tennis players. He then applied it to golf and so on and also into business. But I just think that's quite a nice thing to do. So you're separating 
your awareness of yourself and you're being mindful, but the critical voice, if you like, has gone to the back. And if the critical voice does start, you can then do what's called the ABC method, which is you acknowledge it, you then breathe, and then you challenge it. And I think that, that the acknowledgement is quite important because the thing we haven't talked about is the fact that in some ways, imposter syndrome is there to protect us because it stops us from feeling shame and feeling unworthy. And so that's why we have this these elaborate behaviours to stop that feeling. So, and when it comes, because it is such a, a horrible feeling, a feeling of shame and unworthiness, we want to push it away. We're frightened of it. We're anxious of it. But if we start to see it as um, a child, you know, a naughty child or a needy child that almost needs some love and reassurance, we can then think about the fact of, you know, here it comes. I'm going to recognize it. I'm going to give it some love, some reassurance and so on. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to challenge it. So sometimes, you know, with my clients, it's as simple as getting them to say, you know, okay, imposter syndrome, I know you're here. I'm going to take a breath, but don't worry. I've got this. And that's quite a nice way to just reassure yourself rather than have that escalation of anxiety. Loving it. The ABC. Acknowledge the imposter syndrome, breathe and challenge it. Like it's not even fighting with the imposter syndrome, kicking it away, wanting it to to fail. It's like it's it's good that you're here. Thank you. You want to protect me from terrible stuff, shame. But I've got this, like you're not gonna be on the driver's seat of my career and my life. But you can come in the back seat or in the trunk. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, come with me, but you're not driving. <laughs> yeah, breathing and coming to to the present and the sensations like yes you want to hit the ball but prior to hitting the ball you need to to be in a state that enables you to hit the ball so it's like going from the trying to the doing like the fact that you think and command yourself on hitting the ball is not gonna guarantee that you hit the ball But it's more likely that you succeed if you count the spins of the ball in the air, whether you hit it or not. You're, you're more likely to succeed and satisfy that voice. So, so it leads to, to an openness, like this openness To, to learning, to be in the now, to be present, and also to challenge it because then you are standing with your head on your feet as the one that challenges that, that assumption. So it like brings you to, to, to the sense of self rather than being on a distorted idea of self that has no, no sensitivity no no flesh to to it and has no action so i'm gonna apply it next time i go on a date with my super high heels 
And then I feel like, I don't know if my high heels match my lipstick or the guy is going to like it or whatever. It's like, okay, I acknowledge that I have <laughs> this imposter syndrome running on an autopilot, breathe, challenge it. And challenging opens way for learning, for discovering, and most especially for curiosity. Like, okay, I am doing this transition. I am eclipsing a previous identity. And the one that I am developing is in the becoming, like it's in the creation. So let's see how, how does it goes. But I am coming forth with all that I am the best in me and keeping track of, with a little notebook on that. I, I love this, Catherine. This is so practical and so useful. And now that we've talked a lot about imposter syndrome, this is, I am sure it not only happens when we're changing careers, it happens like 25,000 <laughs> times. Oh, I think it happens a lot. I mean, for me, it happened when I changed career, but it happens a lot day to day in my life. I notice it coming up. Yes. So it is just, it is something, I think you can have an imposter moment, but you don't need to live an imposter life. Yes, 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 to have an imposter moment, but don't live an imposter life. Live a life of authenticity. Catherine, yes. how can we learn more about what you're um, doing? So, well, I have a website, which is spectrum360.co.uk. And you can also find me on LinkedIn under Catherine Lamb. And um, if you email me, I'll always come back to you. And I'm also on Facebook as well under Catherine Lamb. So you can find me in those, those three areas. And I always welcome any comments or um, emails and so on. It's always nice to hear from your listeners. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Catherine. This has been a wonderful Oh, thank you very much. It's been a great conversation, Kandia. So thank you very much for having me as a guest on your show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Essentialist. So go to spectrum360.com and get in touch with Catherine Lamb. No, sorry, it's .co.uk. Uh, uh, spectrum. 360.co.uk and also follow Catherine Lamb on Facebook and LinkedIn. And also, if you haven't subscribed already to the Essential Sessions podcast, please get yourself signed up at www.centraldepoder.com to the, receive these episodes weekly. So catch you next time. Until then. Remember to sense your fire so you can share your flame. <laughs>